0: It's time now for today's edition of Community Conversations. It's the interview program in which we dialogue with voices from the Omaha community. And here's your host for Community Conversations. Let's welcome Cammie Carlisle.
1: Hi, Ryan. Happy gorgeous Friday. This weather, wow. And I think perfectly in time is who we have in studio today. We have horticulturist, arborist extraordinaire John Fesch. You guys probably might recognize him. Welcome. How are you
0: doing? I'm doing good. I'm enjoying uh, running errands this morning. And like you said, the nice weather. So. Oh,
1: my gosh. This morning I was almost kind of cold. I was surprised. And I see that the heat comes back. But we'll get to that. So before we get into all things, what the heck is happening with our garden, trees, and yard, tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: Well, I'm uh, older than when I got started in this business <laughs> <laughs> and um, have enjoyed uh, working for the university for so long. I also worked for the University of Illinois right out of graduate oh, school. Okay. Yeah. So another Big Ten uh, school. Mm-hmm. And I got into this through kind of a oh, a teenage, not teenager, because we weren't that old yet. Middle school kids' friends' mm-hmm. activity. So the moms are getting tired of uh, entertaining these thirteen-year-olds, and they need an activity. So we got some shoeboxes and lined them with plastic and put flower seeds oh. into some potting soil, and they grew, and we did something with them almost every day, and it was fun. and You were hooked. Well, kind of. Yeah. yeah. It was kind of like something I did actually worked.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: and so that was that's kind of how I got into it.
1: Well, good. I love it. We're very lucky to have you. and uh, So we got lots of questions for you today. Okay. <laughs> the first question we have is, well, I have is, Oh my gosh so we've had this extraordinary heat which is nothing new in the dead of summer right but okay. is there anything we should be doing right now for our gardens and our yards for everything to just maintain and go forth?
0: Okay so the theme that I've been putting out and I think people respond to it it resonates is is uh, you know whether it's a lawn or a tree or a vegetable we need to think about moist, not soggy and not right. dry okay which is different for various parts of the landscape. If right. it's in shade, it's not, whatever's there is not using water, and water's not evaporating as quickly right. as it is out in the hot sun.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then, you know, in Omaha, Omaha's different than Seward. Right. In Seward, lots of stuff is flat, lots of landscapes are flat. York, mm-hmm. you know, different places. Sure. And in the sand hills, everything is on a little bit of a slope. Right. In Omaha, we had lots of slopes. Yes, Even we just do. the difference between Omaha and Lincoln, big difference.
1: Oh, yes.
0: So there's almost a slope, there's a slope in almost every Omaha landscape. And so that makes a big difference. When we do get some rain, it runs off mm-hmm. and we have to supplement. Right. So our favorite friend is the screwdriver. Oh. And people argue over <laughs> a slotted or a Phillips screwdriver, <laughs> which is best, but uh, that helps us. We stick that in the ground by whatever plant you want to know about okay. and pull it out because just feeling the top of the soil or looking at it, you can't tell. Right. It, it, you just don't know.
1: Right. So yeah. you pull, you put your screwdriver in. If it comes out with any dirt on it, right, then are we okay or how do we well, determine? Well, it's a little
0: bit like the cake, you know, sticking a, a, a toothpick in the <laughs> cake. So if, if you put it in the ground and it pulls out and there's mud on the blade, that's too wet and you just then you just wait for a few days before you okay, water okay and you put it in the ground and it comes out and it's powdery dry well mm-hmm. then you need to water right and if you push it in the ground and it comes out and it's just kind of damp and moist then you wait just one more day before you rewater. also just the force it takes right to push it in the ground mm-hmm. you know if it's, if it's hard to push in um then it, it tends to be drier than if it just slides in like a knife through hot butter
1: would you recommend this for testing your around your trees or just plants?
0: Uh, all Anything. things, yeah, all things horticulture, all things garden, um, and we do that around a lot of new plants,
1: mm, okay. a newly
0: seeded garden, a newly seeded lawn, mm-hmm. a newly planted tree, um, those kinds of things because they they don't have the root system to have as a buffer. Right. You know, the older the plant is, the less important this technique is. But, right. Yeah, that makes so, a difference.
1: And it's been so dry. I mean, I feel like it's been dry now for a couple of years. But I feel like this summer especially, like, come on, rain. And so when you're watering, so if you don't have a screwdriver, because some people don't, if we want to determine mushy versus soggy versus just right, is there any other way? If you don't have a screwdriver, I mean, I guess find a stick. Stick your finger as far as you can.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Popsicle stick will probably break off. There are some moisture meters that you can get at the hardware store. but Mm They're not super accurate. No, they're kind of touchy, and they break easy. And they break real easy. They do, or they bend. Uh Uh-huh. But it does give you kind of a general sense. People like them because they have a dial. Right. And they go from zero to 10. Mm -hmm. People like numbers, you know, recipes. People like horticulture recipes. Right. Um, And I do, too. But, you know, there's always kind of this, well, it depends, Mm -hmm. that goes with those recipes. Right. So that's probably the backup. Okay. Yeah. Like so, right now we're teaching this program and we tell people to use both. Okay. In terms of in terms of knowing how moist their soils are.
1: Right. Well, I'll tell you right now, they're dry, 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 dry like uncomfortably dry. So that's where we're at. I mean, we're constantly watering our garden, mm-hmm. but we're making sure that it stays the right amount of wet, I yeah. think. So yeah, the right
0: amount of wet. I kind of <laughs> uh, like that phrase. Yeah. The right amount. The right of amount wet. of wet. Yeah. But it's
1: kind of hard sometimes because yeah. it's funny as the day goes on. You know, in the heat of the day, I see my cucumbers kind of roll up mm. as they protect themselves, mm-hmm. and then in the evening, I just love how they just come back out. I mean, plants are smart. They mm-hmm. really they got it going on. So what should be happening in our gardens right now if we planted, say, Mother's Day? Right. What should be happening?
0: So, at the, at, you know, the moisture checking mm-hmm. and then also some mulching. You know, we have a lot of times where people will plant and then mulch. Uh, but over the summer, that either gets matted down or it blows away. Um, and now's a good time to kind of double check that. Right. And make sure it's in place. And and depends on the crop. But, um, you know, a couple inches of wood chips around trees and mm-hmm. shrubs, uh, maybe a half an inch to an inch of straw. Uh, in the vegetable garden, mm-hmm. something should be in place to suppress weeds and hold in a little soil moisture. So yeah. that's something to check on. would be very helpful between now and when it starts to rain again, whenever that may be.
1: Good grief! I hope soon. Seriously. Yeah, yeah. So with the heat and everything else, I don't know anybody else. I was feeling really good about not having a single Japanese beetle, and <laughs> then, I, then I and then I spoke too soon. Yep. And now my basil. Every time I go out there, I'm like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, come on. So any other problems besides Japanese beetles? I mean, we've had troubles, of course, with various tree borers. Right. Anything new? Anything else happening out there?
0: Well, well, there's one we're watching. It's called the spotted lanternfly. We don't have it here in Omaha yet, Hmm. but it's going to be just as bad as the Japanese beetle. Oh, no. Yeah. Right now, Penn State Extension is working on this. Okay. And it's devastating to grapes and um, a number of other plants. Um, but it's going to be just as bad. You know, the thing about uh, Japanese beetles is that there are so many of them and they attack so many different plants. Right. And the same thing is going to be true about this spotted lanternfly. Some of the videos I've watched are uh, scary. I mean, oh, literally wow. scary. And and they're pretty. Right. <laughs> of course, the, the, you know, the uh, spotted <laughs> or the um, uh, Japanese beetles are kind of pretty, too. And the spotted lanternflies are real colorful. But... They eat and eat and eat. Oh,
1: and, no. And
0: yeah. So did the tough.
1: Japanese beetle ride in here on something on the wind? Sure. I mean, how did that work?
0: Sure. It came in on a, a semi oh. truck and attached itself, we think, to some pallets.
1: Oh, no. And
0: then uh, that's how this spotted lanternfly <gasps> is probably going to come in, too. Okay. Or vacationers, you know, that go from state true, to state. True, yeah, yeah. So
1: this um, spotted lanternfly that's on the East Coast right now. Exactly. And exactly. wind estimate next year. We don't know until it hitches a ride on something, yeah, right?
0: Just by, you know, the movement of some of these other uh, critters, you know, I'd say, oh, just by using the example, the model of some of these other critters like gypsy moth and, mm-hmm. and the, the, you know, the Japanese beetle, I'd say three years, two or three years okay. it's going to take to establish okay. some sort of infestation level here.
1: So what do we do about the Japanese beetles? I know we don't squish them. Because that draws all the Japanese beetles yeah, to your yard.
0: Yeah. And you don't use a trap.
1: Right. Don't do again, that. that'll
0: suck in more. Yep. Um, well, <laughs> it's a matter of prioritization. Okay. And knowing their absolute favorite hosts. And, tr- you know, if you've had a problem with those, don't plant those. Plant something else.
1: Ah, okay. Um,
0: something that they're not super favorite of. So grapes and cherries and roses. And like you said, certain certain vegetables, oh, they, they really viruses. like, they like beans. Okay. And you were saying basil. I had not heard that one before, but they you are know, all over that.
1: Yes. I mean, it's a war. Like, I can't eat the basil fast enough. Like, mm. I'm trying. Like, oh, we're having pesto again tonight before the Japanese beetles get it. But mm. it's a war. And you know what's funny is I used to work at the Big Garden, and the girls up there told me try to put, tie basil around things because that deters the japanese beetles i saw it with my own eyes it worked but this year fail it didn't work no it's on all my basil i have like five different kinds Mm. and they are just going to town
0: so you know (coughs) prioritize the second thing would be maybe screen so you can buy some netting yeah um and if it's a really you know we all have our priorities and and favorite plants Mm -hmm. if it's something that's fairly low to the ground yeah, the, the screening works pretty good. There are floating row covers, yep. and then there are, you know, like netting you would get for a, a grape plant to keep the birds off of them. Right, that would actually work pretty well for Japanese beetles because Japanese beetles is pretty good size, yeah, they? about three fourths of an inch uh-huh. almost. And uh, you could you could put that over them uh, if you had a favorite plant. I have a favorite rose. I only have. Two, three roses in my whole property. Uh huh. Two that I inherited from the previous owner that I just happened to like because okay. they're super low maintenance, and then one that I um, uh, got. I've uh, been on a trip, and a friend had one, so I just said I gotta have one. And you know, if, if I wanted to control them, uh-huh. I would, but just on that plant, right? Right. Okay. Which I don't, but if I did, mm. <laughs> then I would. I was out uh, pruning the rose last night, just uh-huh. cutting off the dead blooms. Sure. And it was just covered with Japanese beetles, just covered. They're probably 50, I don't know, on this. Wow, yeah, on one plant. On you know, one plant. Yeah.
1: I, we just bought a house, and on the south side is a bunch of old-fashioned roses. Oh, yeah. So now I'm wondering, because I've kind of ignored them because I don't know what to do with roses, so I'll yeah. deal with them later. But yeah. now I'm wondering, oh, is that where the beetles came to and then made them way into the, I don't know. Sure. Into the yard. Yeah. So they like roses. Probably a trap, <sighs> yeah,
0: probably a trap. Oh, there geez. is a, a, there are a couple of insecticides you can try. There's a preventative one, and then there's a topical one. But usually, we recommend pri- again prioritization, mm-hmm. um, and then as a secondary step. If that's your priority, then you can come in and and um, and uh, what do we call it? Uh, Not investigate. Murder? No. (laughs) Intervene.
1: Intervene. Intervene. Well, I'm going to murder my Japanese beetles, Uh, but okay. (laughs) Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan at all. So, gardens, all right. They should be going, blooming. I'm still waiting for my tomatoes. We've got a little bit of a late start, but they're coming. What about yards? I mean, my yard, whatever. But, I mean, they're so dry. They are. Watering?
0: Yeah. So, what we're, again, it kind of gets back to that primary theme that I mentioned 10 minutes ago. And that was on the moist, not soggy and not dry. There have been oh we've had problems with bill bugs, we've had problems with two different diseases, brown patch and dollar spot. Um, the number one problem now is mm-hmm. is gaps. Oh. I don't know if you remember the movie Rocky. Yes. And so Adrian and Rocky, you know, it's like Polly says, What do you see in my sister? And Rocky says, Well it's like gaps. You know, Polly's going, what? What is it? What does gaps mean? like, so, well, you know, like she has gaps and I have gaps, but together we have no gaps. <coughs> so I always thought that was funny. Anyway, the uh, lawns all have gaps in them. Regardless of your sprinkler system, mm-hmm. it's got gaps. Ugh. And so there are, there are lots of dead spots around, yeah. and mm-hmm. that's what you see. I was just uh, dropping something off for my financial person. And driving out, I saw these gaps in the in the lawn watering. I mean, huge gaps
1: uh,
0: um, where you could see right where the sprinkler was. And yep. it only sprayed – it didn't spray all the way over to the next sprinkler. Uh, it's It needs to it, right. in order for you not to have gaps. You need to have what we call head-to-head coverage. So it needs to spray from this head over to that one, and that one needs to spray over to this one. And we're seeing a lot of flaws in sprinkler systems right now. And the reason why – is that sprinkler systems are just supplemental. Okay. They are not to be considered primary watering devices.
1: But most people think they are. Exactly. Okay.
0: Exactly. And that's why you see the flaws is because, Mm. A, they're broken. They're all broken. It's just a matter of how badly. Right. And then, B, they're supplemental.
1: So should they add just an old school? Like, uh, what are we... uh, What's the word I'm looking for? I just went blank. Uh,
0: oh. Impact head yes. or a spot head. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So,
1: so you should supplement what you have if right. you have in-ground sprinklers.
0: Right. Hmm. And, and you find these gaps where you don't have head-to-head coverage or whatever. And then they're they're very inexpensive. I went to a box store and bought one for $5. Oh, geez.
1: Okay. And then you
0: just run the hose out there and turn it on and, mm-hmm. and watch your timer. You set a kitchen timer and maybe let it run 20, 30 minutes. Okay. One of the things we really like to encourage people to do is – Uh, use a coffee cup or a tuna can Mm -hmm. and set it in the pattern where the water is spraying. That way you know how much water is coming out Ah. of it. Regardless of whether it's in-ground or it's something you attach to the hose, it doesn't matter. You still want to measure it so you're not over-watering. Got it. You know, MUD right now, and I'm sure the water systems across the state of Nebraska are are doing the same thing. MUD here in Omaha is encouraging an odd even watering system
1: okay
0: uh, watering schedule mm-hmm. because uh, they have you know they're worried about how much water they have because yeah. we need it for hospitals yep we need it for all these essential things put mm-hmm. out fires yeah um, and so we and the big issue there is the volume but it's also distribution it's it's making sure it's available across the area all right. the time sure so it's real simple you know Monday Wednesday Friday if you got an even. And what, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, you've got an odd um, a street address, and there you go. Best time of day? Uh, best time of day is uh, 5 to 8 in the morning. Oh, okay. Yeah, so because the wind speeds tend to be less than the um, – uh, evaporation is less than. Mm-hmm. Um, you wet the leaves of the turf grass uh, blades, and then uh, hot summer day they dry off mm-hmm. by the time. And that way you don't have as many fungal diseases, like I mentioned before, with the dollar right. spot and the brown patch.
1: So don't do it at high noon.
0: Right. Don't. Well, do it. if you have to, I mean, I guess know, if you have to. Yeah. You know, if you if you really had some, or a big need and you you didn't get it done yet, but <clears throat> probably the worst time of the day to water would be f- 3, 4, 5 right. o'clock at night. It's the
1: hottest. Right.
0: You're going to lose so much from evaporation. And then another bad time is 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night because mm-hmm. – then those grass blades are going to stay moist all night long.
1: Ah,
0: And then they're going to start having problems with these uh, diseases. Right.
1: Now, I am not a fan of grass personally because I really detest mowing. (laughs) So at our new house, I'm just letting the clover take over. And it's wonderful because that is the only place I have seen bees this year is on the clover. And it's very upsetting. We have planted some milkweed for butterflies. I have not seen them come yet. I have Mexican sunflowers up. And last year, my plant was full of bees and butterflies. So what is happening? I mean, I know obviously a lot of things, right? A yeah. whole, I mean, the list is long. Yes. But what can we do besides plant milkweed and plant flowers and pollinators? Is there anything else we can do to No, encourage? those are the
0: most effective things that we can do. There are about seven reasons why the pollinator population has dropped. Okay. It's not just one thing. Right. Um, people like to point to this thing or that thing, but it's, it's everything. Yeah. Um, and it's, there are just lots of very clear and definitive facts about what has caused the popular, uh, the, popular, the pollinator decline. But what you can do in your own little space is uh, create some pollinator garden, mm-hmm. things that a variety of pollinators do like. And the clover thing is a really good idea. The only thing about a total clover lawn is that you do lose some density and some um, capacity to stop runoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and so you know you got to give that up in order to to get the benefit. Um, and you do you know if you had a lot of if you had kids on a lawn, they it wouldn't work very well as a soccer field right. for very no. long. No. But if you don't, no. then then yeah. fine. I just mow it
1: like every three weeks once yeah, it's, it's too woolly. But then. clover
0: is great for pollinators. Yeah. It really is.
1: That's and why so, I was like, i got to leave this because I haven't seen these bees anywhere else.
0: Yeah. So if there's part of your lawn you don't really use that much and don't really see all that much, let part of it go. Or you can actually plant micro-clovers mm-hmm. um, to to encourage that. And, you know, most of the time uh, our pollinator gardens are full sun gardens. Mm-hmm. So some drought tolerant pollinator gardens are a great addition to a landscape.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we, we, I would really like to think that everybody should just plant one plant. Yeah. Just one. We got to find those bees and butterflies again or we are in big trouble. That's right. So trees, trees right now, they're all they're all up and going full bloom. They do they need water? Yes, maybe. Sure,
0: and that gets back to the screwdriver uh, yep. type of thing. We went through one of the worst I've done this 41 years and I can remember that <clears throat> it uh we this was probably the driest that i can remember yeah me too and one of our meteorology people said it was the second driest in the last 75 years okay um so we had a no snow cover cuz it only nope. snowed twice yep. in at least in eastern nebraska now yeah. out west i'm not exactly sure but you could check with the your local uh, people on that but it was very dry winter mm-hmm. no snow cover and still the same strong winter winds that we always have right so lots and lots and lots of damage, mm-hmm. uh, Cami, on um, all types of all types of trees. Oh yeah, um, older ones, newer ones, maples, oaks. It didn't matter. Um, yep. Just lots and lots of damage, and we're still seeing the damage. Yeah, we but, are. You know, we get a lot of um, correspondence through email, and the oh, the inbox is just, which is great. We don't mind, but it's just the just a characteristic of the inbox was it was full of photos from clients about um you know dead trees hey this happened to my tree what 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 did i do wrong yeah and if you had had a crystal ball you would have known that hey you just you know laying a soaker hose right near the tree you know around thanksgiving time mm-hmm. and then around christmas time again would have been great but
1: yes i t- i try to encourage people on social media to do that and people are like you're nuts i'm like really we just had a tornado in december yeah. am i nuts because yeah. it's hot out yeah what are your trees and one thing i do want to mention is that the best time to prune or plant a tree is not now not now fall or spring
0: okay so yeah not now because it just it loses so much moisture through the, mm-hmm. the um you know after the quote heat of the summer is sure. off mm-hmm. is a really it's probably the best time um, so the, in in Eastern Nebraska, that's mid midish to late September through the whole month of October. right. So you've got a nice seven week window there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good. And then you know after after we start to get some warm soils in late April, through Memorial Day. Those are the two pockets and two windows that we try to yeah. encourage people to do that.
1: Absolutely. I'm just biting at the bit because I bought a house with no trees, which yeah. is so weird for me. But yeah. I kind of like it a little because I don't have to worry about my gutters and stuff. <laughs> but I'm, I am just really, I need a tree somewhere in there. And hopefully yeah. it'll be one that produces food. So stay tuned. Yeah. So let's talk permaculture really quickly. It, it's kind of taken off around here. For folks who don't know permaculture, what that is, how would you define that?
0: I would define it. Now, no, there are there are permaculture experts. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm sort of a permaculture novice to mediumist. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um I know about it. I know that it's desirable. Mm-hmm. I know that it's a sustainable sort of um thought to the future mm-hmm. kind of yeah. kind of uh mindset. It's <clears throat> uh, really the way I look at it is getting away from everything having a one-year life cycle. Yes. So to plant things that have multiple benefits and will last for many, many years. Yes.
1: and I would encourage that to anybody that would be interested. And, of course, like you said, Omaha Permaculture here is a Mm -hmm. great resource. Mm -hmm. They are amazing. Gus will help you out in any way he can. It's great. But for those of you that like to garden stuff, do consider that because Mm -hmm. the way things are going on this planet, for those of us that like to get in the dirt, if there's anything we can do to help, I say let's do it. Right Anything, so, as we head towards the end of summer into fall, besides tree planting, what should we be thinking about? Do we need to start thinking about fall plants, cover crops, all that kind of stuff?
0: we do and and fall vegetable gardens are underutilized the whole technique of fall vegetable gardens, and as we move, this is the last week of July, so as we move into August mm-hmm. we're already starting to think about um, uh, F- fall vegetable gardening right. there's a lot of plants that do actually better in the fall than mm-hmm. they do in the spring so um right now a soil the first step is sort of going through the garden sifting it out trying to determine which plants could really you know be the end of their time right. you know you got a rid a whole bunch of cucumbers that have been riddled by the yep. you know the various beetles rip them out and then replenish the soil Because some of these plants will take a lot of, uh, which, again, kind of a converse to permaculture, but Mm -hmm. will take a lot of resources out of the soil. So uh, compost is kind of the, if there is one um, magic silver bullet of horticulture, it's compost. Right. Good quality compost, uh, aged uh, compost that's been produced by a variety of, of green sources. So an inch or so of that kind of forked in with a pitchfork. Is really a great uh, technique, and laying it, you know, then then you kind of counting backwards. You want to think about when you're going to be harvesting, and the crops we're thinking about would be spinach and radishes and um, some of the shorter term things, um, but make great uh, even broccoli and yeah. uh, collards and kale and and some of the the you know leafy green type of material. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sort of counting back. So, if you're thinking about harvesting and would like to have a fall garden that you harvest in early October when the temperatures are cool, um, then you just start counting and working your way back. We have a great resource on a website uh, that we call Grow Big Red, G R O Big Red. I love that. Uh, so, you could just. You know, Google for that. Okay. And it's really easy to find. And there's a whole section on fall vegetable gardening.
1: Nice. I'm super excited. So let me ask you this. So most of my stuff is in uh, boxes because we're on the east side, don't want to mess with the lead. Yeah. You know, we filled it with all the good stuff. Yeah. So if I were to plant in ground, I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about it. Is there anything you would recommend? I'm thinking I would want to do it, but still kind of maybe amend that soil as well. Yes. Okay.
0: Yes, definitely. And you know, a soil test is helpful.
1: Right, which you can uh, find at any hardware store. Y-
0: yes, and there's also a, you know, a soil testing lab. Yes. Like in Kearney, there's a good one. Here in Omaha, there's a good one. There's yep. a good one in Lincoln. And it's only about $15-20 just for a good. And and that really helps you a lot for in terms yeah. of the knowing the pH of the soil and mm-hmm. the nutrient content of the soil. Um, what it might need in terms of, uh, you know, organic matter, various nutrients. So, you know, if you're planting a new garden or even just this fall garden, find out what's lacking. Right. And and then uh, add as necessary because you really only have that one time to add. Yep. That's probably the biggest frustration with lawns because mm-hmm. this is a – a perennial crop. This is a permaculture crop, right? Right. Uh huh. And you don't really have a chance to do much to it. You know, you can aerify and yep. top dress, but you know that the time that you have to incorporate nutrients and organic matter and other good stuff into the soil with vegetable gardens and fruit gardens is is not really the same for turf, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. that turf. I took that in horticulture school. Wow, there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot. It's not just turf. mowing grass. You no. know, it's not like
0: Carl Spackler, there's you like, know, mowing lawns for a living, you know.
1: Right. <laughs> there's math. There's all kinds of chemistry. Oh, yeah. And oh, I was yeah. like, oh, that's not for me. Because I think they were trying to gear us up to possibly do work at a golf course. Yes. And I was like, I'm good. I'm just going to work <laughs> in my weedy yard. So <laughs> when we only have a few minutes left. I did want to talk really quick yeah. about an event that you have coming up. Uh, let's see, is, what, is it water dogs? Is that what it's called? Or yeah,
0: water dogs. And, and we have a bunch of our master gardeners involved in this. And we um, kind of rolled this out with them first. And it was really around these two techniques we talked about. Uh, looking at um, how moist is the soil right now. Okay. And then also um, trying to monitor for these gaps and broken heads and mm-hmm. heads that don't rotate and flaws in the system. Okay,
1: so So it's August 9th, 6 to 7, and let's see. Is it at the county extension?
0: No, it's at the Chalco Hills Recreation Center. Oh, perfect. By Weirspan Lake out there, um, uh, 156th. You go south on 144th and you'll run into it. Yeah, yeah. And it's great. You can go for a jog before, then you stop by for this. It's, It's great. And that's what we'll be talking about. We'll be talking about putting out measuring devices to see if this system is uniform, but we'll also be probing the soil with screwdrivers and other devices to see if it's moist already. Perfect. You know, so many people run, you know, 25 minutes, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, no matter what. Right. And in the spring, it's probably too much. and In the summer, it's not enough. Right. And adjustment, you know, I adjust my system every time I irrigate. Really? Yeah, I do. Every wow. time. Because it's different. Things change,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, um, and and I kind of babysit it to yeah. make sure the heads are turning and to make sure that things don't go wrong with it. Wow, so. I bet your
1: yard is gorgeous. It is not
0: gorgeous. This is a <laughs> Come myth. On. This Watch. is a myth because <laughs> um, uh, having a, a beautiful landscape takes time.
1: Yes, it does. And
0: I'd rather do some other things. Right. I have an average looking landscape. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's it's s- not. You wouldn't dry up and say, oh. This ought to be on a garden walk.
1: Like, oh, is this John's house? No, you wouldn't.
0: You wouldn't. It looks (laughs) Uh fine. It looks average. It looks fine. It's got some color and some green, but it's nothing spectacular.
1: Right. You'd probably croak if you saw mine because we don't water. But whatever, we are p- really toying with the idea of turning our front yard into a community garden for the neighborhood. Ooh, that'd be cool. Yeah, because it's, its I have like a little postage. It's perfect, yeah. right? So I'm working on that, and I'd really love to do that yeah. because I just would rather feed people than
0: deal with grass. That'd be a great way to meet people, too. Yes,
1: exactly. How could they not like us? We're well, you giving you food.
0: Wine and vegetable party.
1: Right. Stay tuned. <laughs> You'll be invited. Well, John, before we go, how can people get a hold of you?
0: Okay, so we're at the uh, extension office. Nebraska Extension in Douglas and Sarpy County, and people can call. They'll probably get a master gardener who have been trained in all the kind of stuff we've just been talking about. They're great people. Mm -hmm. And um, just a simple phone number, 444-7804. Okay. And we can get email and samples and come in and talk to us.
1: Do you have an email that you can share with folks over there?
0: Uh, We do. It's douglas-sarpy at unl.edu. Okay. You say that one more time? douglas dash Sarpy at unl.edu. I okay. Think. I think.
1: Okay. We'll if try not, it. it's
0: easily google Google.
1: <laughs> google it. Well, John, it's been great. I have a million more questions, but we'll do this again next time, and I'll get those questions served up to you. Okay. So thank you for all the information. It's been very useful. I'm still not going to water my lawn, but thank you.
0: You've been listening to Community Conversations on Radio Talking Book. It's the interview program that brings you voices from the Omaha community.